Welcome back to another episode of the Best of Patina podcast. Thank you so much, all of you, for tuning in and for all the lovely messages and comments that I've received and that you've sent me uh, regarding the podcast in general and the first episode. It's really, really, really lovely to hear um, that you're resonating with what I'm sharing and that uh, you're liking what I'm sharing even if it's not the most light or happy topic. Uh, and of course, in a way, it's a little bit sad that so many people out there are dealing with these issues. But remember that we're in it together and there is help out there. It might sound like it's super easy for me to share these things, but of course, it's quite scary because it's so personal and very much out of my comfort zone but I also think that it's actually really important to share this story with a little bit more personal and detailed examples so that it actually gives more value to the story in a way and to be able to communicate and get the message through that I want to make. In today's episode I wanted to continue a little bit from where I left off last week. The episode was getting quite long already, so I figured that I'll make a separate one to go through a little bit more in detail of the actual recovery process and what my life has been like after. And to also clarify that it wasn't a super easy and straightforward recovery process. Like from the day that I was released from the hospital, every single day would have gotten like gradually just like a teeny tiny bit better definitely not it was a lot of big ups and big downs and a lot of times where I felt completely hopeless and that it really felt like I would never get out of it and nothing I did helped and I just felt that no matter how much people say that it just takes time and hard work it just felt like it would never happen to me and sure it probably applied to everyone else but I just couldn't see it happen in my situation that's how difficult it felt at times. And when I was released from the hospital first, my life was still very, very regulated and monitored, not only in terms of my eating and exercise, but also in terms of like, for example, I wasn't allowed to go to the sauna, which maybe only Finnish people can resonate with. But in summer especially, it's a big thing that people do when they're at their cottage houses in the forest and they have a sauna and you just go to the sauna like pretty much every day. I wasn't allowed to do that and also for example I wasn't allowed to walk to places like people would have to drive me just to minimize every way that I might possibly get rid of energy and believe me I did want to get better but still it was extremely hard. I actually found my old journal from these times and I thought that I would read a couple of entries that I made just to kind of also remind myself of how I was thinking back then because it, it is a little bit blurry because it's quite a long time ago but also I think because it's such difficult memories that I'll kind of like put them out of my head and I don't particularly want to revisit them so it's actually quite interesting to go through these journals and remind myself that whoa was I actually thinking like that like there's one entry where I have written in caps letters 
Today I ate my first extra ice cream and a huge smiley face. And by extra, I guess I mean something that wasn't included in my meal plan. I would celebrate all kinds of small achievements like this. But most of the entries are actually quite dark. And it was quite sad to go through them. And it's kind of like I'm reading something that another person has written and been thinking. Because I definitely don't recognize myself in them when I think about what I'm like today. Here's, for example, one from quite recently after having been released from the hospital. And I'm translating this from Swedish. I've actually written these in Swedish. I'm going to try to translate it as smoothly as possible. Here it goes. I don't get it. What am I afraid of? What is it that's so difficult? I know I have to gain weight and I want to. When I look at pictures of myself or see myself in the mirror, I hate the I hate what I'm seeing. The bones that are sticking out, the dry skin, everything. I look terrible, too skinny. And even if I know that, it's not making any of this easier. Why? A year ago, I would have dreamed of someone telling me that all I have to do now is eat more and gain weight. I would have eaten a lot and enjoyed every single bite. It makes me extremely sad that I'm not able to do it now. I'm dreaming of waking up one morning and just thinking like that again. I miss eating normally so much. To be honest, I don't even remember what normal eating is or feels like anymore. And then it goes on like this for quite some time. The point with this that I wanted to make is that I was very much aware of that I didn't look well. I didn't want to, well, A, look like that, but also B, feel like that. And even if I was aware of those things, it was still extremely difficult and It wasn't that long before that I had been thinking about food in a normal way and eating in a normal way. But now I, I couldn't just snap my fingers and go back to it. And when I refer to normal eating, I guess in this situation, I'm thinking more of kind of like how I used to eat without really thinking about it. I would eat something if I was hungry. I would eat something if I was craving it. If I didn't, I wouldn't. If something was just really good I would just eat more of it just because it was good even if I maybe wasn't that hungry and that's how I used to uh, feel towards food before I got my anorexia and if I think about how I eat normally today for me normal eating isn't about eating x y and z or not eating this or eating at these times or not eating at those times eating what the hell you want whenever you want And not really even thinking about it that much. Like now, if I have an ice cream, it doesn't feel much. It's delicious, but it's not something worth writing into my journal and celebrating that I managed to eat ice cream anymore. So for me, normal eating or how I feel towards it is that I don't think about it that much. Sometimes I eat more, sometimes less, and more so that it doesn't control other things in my life whereas when I was ill food would control also my free time and how I would spend that no it doesn't I don't even think about it and like I already said in the first episode I don't remember a specific time or place where I felt that food was no longer an issue or that I didn't have an eating disorder anymore physically I recovered quite quickly and I was able to live a life that not a lot of people maybe would have thought that 
I had or had had an eating disorder, but it did take a longer time mentally. And also for a long time after I had recovered, especially in the beginning, I had huge pressure myself of feeling like now I have to prove to everyone at every single meal, every single day that I don't have an eating disorder. So I always I always have to say yes when someone offers dessert. I always have to choose the unhealthy food because if I take something healthier or lighter or a salad, that means people will think I have issues with eating and I'm dieting and I'm controlling my foods. Whereas sometimes you just crave a salad. Sometimes you crave a burger. Like that's normal for me. It's also not normal to be at the other extreme of having to prove to everyone and just eating to please others. And I know their worries were coming from a good place, but you should eat for yourself and learn to listen to what you actually want to eat. And when I say you, I mean you and not your eating disorder. Because you can't always tell from the outside. You could have someone eating that salad and having no issues with eating and someone eating that burger and having huge difficulties and problems with their eating. It's not that black and white that what you look like or what you eat says if you have an eating disorder or not. So that was something that I was kind of dealing with for a long time and feeling like I had to prove and learning not to take on other people's worries on me. And I mean, it's natural that they were worried because they had seen me in such a bad state. But sometimes I was thinking and fearing that now just because I have had an eating disorder, will everyone still always be obsessing about my food and looking at my plate and my eating behavior from like a magnifying glass and always analyzing every single thing, which was in a way quite tricky because that's all that you want to get away from and I think it comes from a place of love for sure and it's probably because they might not be able to understand the full story of the illness and that it's not actually just about the food so in their eyes maybe the more you eat the better or the other way around but again as cliche as it is in time also that started being easier and people around me would also relax and would actually see that there's nothing to be worried about right now and just like everyone else in their life most likely will fluctuate in weight for reasons completely unrelated to an eating disorder I do that too from I don't know stress sometimes it can go either way and that's normal do I then love the way that I look today and every single day absolutely love my body and just admire myself in the mirror every day absolutely not but if there are parts that I'm not that satisfied with in my life it's not necessarily related to my body anymore or it isn't related to my body anymore it can be something completely different like more related to my personality or other qualities that I have or don't have But the thing here actually is that I don't even really know if I like the way I look because I'm not really that obsessed about it anymore, if that makes sense. I don't really look at myself in the mirror that way at all. I don't know what I weigh. I haven't weighed myself in years and I actually don't want to know. And that for me is what life free from an eating disorder looks like. It's not that I can now eat ice cream and not feel anxious It's that I don't even think about it twice, before, during or after. 
and same goes with my body it's not that now I can be happy because I look like x it's now I'm happy because I don't even think about what I look like for a long time I was kind of almost scared to share these things because from the little that I had been sharing about it I sometimes would get some resistance of like well easy for you to say because you're young you have a healthy body and I thought that I have to be able to show these extreme before and after pictures also of how I looked like a skeleton and I was so underweight and then show another picture where I have amazing shapes and I'm showing off my stomach rolls and and just this very kind of black and white picture of how eating disorders might be easily viewed of like underweight you have an eating disorder normal or even so-called overweight now you don't have an eating disorder because clearly you eat but that's not the reality of it because I know that I'm healthy physically and mentally if I didn't dare to speak about it now no matter what I look like then I would kind of also feed into that black and white picture of eating disorders and that's exactly what I don't want to do and the thing is that Nobody else will ever know if you have issues with food apart from yourself. I could look like this and have a huge eating disorder. I could be smaller. I could be bigger. Nobody else apart from me will actually know. And same applies to you. So you shouldn't focus too much on looking like a certain way to prove that you have an eating disorder or you don't have an eating disorder to someone else. Try to take the attention instead towards your mind. And because essentially the person you're hurting the most with your eating disorder is yourself. So focus on feeling better for you. And then I think based on my own experiences and from what I've seen around me, when you do that, then this whole focus of what you look like or what you don't look like vanishes. And you'll also realize that the eating disorder is actually not about food or what you look like, but about something a lot deeper. And again, the most important thing is to feel good in your mind. And a good example of this is actually related to my own experiences with therapy. So that spring that I was first diagnosed with my eating disorder, I started going to therapy pretty much straight away. And I saw this therapist for about... I think it was two years or something like that. And for the later part of that, I was fully recovered physically, so to speak. But still, I had a huge need of going to therapy because we were working with bigger issues and the actual root of it and the actual root of my anxiety that I couldn't even tell what it was and that I couldn't clearly see what it was actually coming from. And I remember when I had to stop seeing this therapist because she was going away for a longer leave. And I was completely crushed, even if I was very far in my recovery and doing a lot better. I remember it felt like a heartbreak. It felt like my heart was being ripped out of my chest because this person I trusted, like apart from my family and my closest friends, more than anyone else in the world. It had become such a safe space for me that I really didn't know what I was going to do without her. And she tried referring me to another therapist And I tried with a few different ones, but I just wasn't able to build the same connection with anyone else. And it felt like it was draining me more than it was actually giving me. So I decided that, okay, maybe this is now actually a good time to stop going to therapy. Because, you know, physically I'm better. Mentally, I guess I'm also better. 
and it just felt like too much to start building a foundation completely from scratch with someone else that didn't know my background in as much detail as my previous therapist. And then the years following from there, I lived quite a normal life, apart from all these normal worries and anxieties that anyone will have after graduating high school and and kind of figuring out what to do next and all of that. I took a gap year after high school to work and save some money and go traveling. And those two months that I spent in Australia with my friends were one of the best two months of my life. And I remember I felt so free there. I mean, in a way, who wouldn't? But for me, it was a huge step to realize that food wasn't determining what I would do or that I would or wouldn't go on this trip. And also there, we were living on a super tight budget, living in hostels, only always buying the cheapest foods. And they weren't maybe the most nutritious, but I didn't even think twice and just kind of went with the flow. And I think what also made that time so much more special for me is because I had lived such a restricted life. And during the darkest times of my anorexia, I never would have thought that I would have been able to experience things like that, go traveling and enjoy it like that. And then I came back from my trip and was kind of thinking of what to do next. And I always had this dream of wanting to go abroad to study, but I found it really difficult for me to justify taking huge loans of paying for my education because in Finland you can go to university for free. So I applied to a bunch of schools in the UK because it was quite close and they obviously speak English. And then I was first planning on going to London. I had applied to four schools in London and then I applied to one school in Edinburgh in Scotland because Finnish citizens would get free tuition in Scotland. So I just put it as my last option. I had not really heard anything about the school or the city before, but I definitely wouldn't have pictured myself moving to Scotland. But then when it came into the time of actually choosing where to go, it felt like the natural decision to go to Edinburgh because I got free tuition there versus London having to pay a lot for tuition and also the cost of living would have been a lot higher. So I went to Edinburgh and when I moved there, the first year was actually quite difficult. And I guess it's normal when you move, of course, it takes a little bit of time to find your place and get used to a whole new city or in this case country. But I think when I moved away from Finland, it all kind of hit me and the psychological reasons or emotional reasons that maybe were behind my eating disorder kind of came back because there wasn't the same surroundings and and my normal routine and what I think happened was that I actually quit therapy too early the first time and I don't know if it had made a difference had I continued and that I wouldn't have had to deal with similar issues at a later stage I can't say that for sure but I ended up being diagnosed with depression which definitely wasn't anything that I had thought that would happen. And I mean, I was feeling so much better in general, and then it just all hit so unexpectedly. And even if I had had an eating disorder, I had no experiences of just pure depression. And this is a whole other story for a whole other episode. But point being here is that I ended up going back to therapy. And during these times, I felt almost as low as I had felt during my eating disorder, but it just played out differently. It didn't play out in me 
controlling my eating it just came out as other symptoms with depression and anxiety and also back then I remember I was so ashamed and I didn't want to tell anyone even if it was really 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 bad and I really didn't feel like myself and at times in a way it felt even more difficult because if I was anxious during my eating disorder it was kind of like easy to put a finger on it that it's because of this specific food for example that I had to eat whereas now I didn't have problems with eating but I still felt so low and I really didn't know why so then I started working with a therapist in Edinburgh and this time again I was really lucky that I was able to establish a good connection with her and we started working through similar blocks or issues or difficulties that I had in my mind and again therapy was hugely beneficial and I've pretty much seen her on and off since and it also used to be something that I was a little ashamed of seeing a therapist on and off pretty much ever since I was 15 but if I could choose I would probably see one for the rest of my life because it's been of such huge help for me and I think probably everyone would benefit from seeing one even if they don't think they have any particular issues or blocks and I was also a little bit like ashamed of going back to therapy after already having essentially recovered from an eating disorder because did that now mean that I had fallen back and and I actually thought that because I had recovered now I had have to stay happy and healthy for the rest of my life and I could never struggle again because I don't want to put anyone else through that and well also of course I don't want to put myself through that but again I can't change that it happened and this is only my story and what I also want to emphasize with that that today and for the past years even if I have gone to therapy some parts of that I'm doing better than ever before and I'm so happy and that's not to say that I wake up every day with a smile on my face not at all but I'd rather take these regular ups and downs of life and again to make a long story short I'm not obsessing about food anymore I don't have difficulties with eating and that's just to emphasize the point that it is possible to fully recover from an eating disorder I'm a living example of that and that's not to say that life will be super easy and always good after it it probably won't because that's the reality of it but what your eating disorder might be telling you that you're kind of like in a safe box in your mind if you just do what it wants you to do and you control your food and and everything then somehow you're like safe or in control but that couldn't be further away from the truth and it will be scary letting go of that control and again it won't happen by just snapping your fingers or overnight but it is possible and again I think because of having gone through an eating disorder and kind of feeling that in a way I lost some years of fully living my life I'm kind of making up for it now instead and making the most of my life right now and enjoying the good things in my life now or for example when I went to university I wasn't at all obsessed with getting the perfect grades I did okay but I didn't get the best grades and I wasn't even aiming for it all that I really wanted was to have a good university experience overall and especially outside of school and enjoying a social life. 
sometimes I was also worried how I actually could stop thinking like I used to think during my eating disorder because it was so embedded in me. I knew every single calorie of every single food of every single food group. And even in that stage where I didn't want to know, I didn't want to count calories. I just wanted to forget about them. It was so embedded in me that it was hard to just forget all this like information that I had sucked in during my anorexia. And the other day, it just hit me when I was buying food or something, how I just realized that, hey, I don't actually know or remember the calories of these different food groups. And this is something that I never thought would leave my brain. And it has, just over time. And to finish off this episode, I thought I would address one question that I got already on Instagram. It was essentially asking if I ever have thoughts of my eating disorder anymore. And the answer is yes and no. Even though I've said that I think you can make a full recovery from an eating disorder, and you can, and you won't think like your eating disorder forever, I would answer this question saying that sometimes kind of like the horns of the eating disorder might like look up from the inside and kind of want to start making their way back but I've learned over time to diminish that voice and not act on what it might be telling me and it's not even that strong at all it's more like if something else is out of control in your life then of course the easy thing you might want to do is okay now I'm going to control my eating because I at least I can control that it's not something that I would actually act on because I know Well, A, I know I've already been there and it just made my life so much worse and I never want to get back into that place. Yeah, I've just realized that it's just a thought. You don't have to act on it and it's not true. But I would say that this happens very rarely that I would even feel like this. But on occasion, if my life feels out of control in other areas, then I might be more likely to think like this but I wouldn't act on it. And I think if there's someone out there that's quite far along in their recovery, but you're fearing that you still kind of have those thoughts and you think in the same ways that you did during your eating disorder, even if you're not necessarily acting on it, I think that that's already a huge step that you're not acting on them. Like, don't give yourself too much of a hard time. You don't have to recover overnight and it's not going to happen overnight it's going to take as long as it needs to take for you maybe stop and reflect and think of how far you've come in the bigger picture i hope this helps or answers the question a little bit and remember that if you have any other questions feel free to send them over to me on instagram at best of bettina or if you have any other feedback that you'd like to give or Again, if you'd like to request any topics, then shoot me a message. But I think it's time to start wrapping things up for this week. So we'll talk again next week.